Now let's take our Bibles, let's open our hearts to hear a living word from God. I invite you to turn to that passage that I read earlier, Luke chapter 2, and again the Bible, if you're using that, is provided for you, is page 857. So if you turn there, Luke chapter 2, we'll be looking at verses 22 through 38. We are, of course officially into the Christmas season, and I'm very grateful for uh, Darla and the team, which has made this such a beautiful, beautiful place this morning uh, for us to enter into this time of uh, official recognition of our Christmas season. I say it's officially the Christmas season. Some people might say, well, how has it become official? They might think, well, Thanksgiving is over. But it seems as I listen to the news or watch television that there's another way to know that we're officially into the Christmas season because uh, Friday was Black Friday, yesterday was Small Business Saturday, and tomorrow is what? Cyber Monday. So it must be Christmas, right? It must be Christmas. Sometimes you think maybe we should consider changing the name of the season from Merry Christmas to Merry Chris Business, or maybe Merry Cash Mess, because that's what it leaves for a lot of people. Of course, I say that with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek. (laughs) It is Christmas season and we don't need to rename Christmas, but I do believe we need to reclaim it. We need to reclaim Christmas and whether we can get society to reclaim Christmas or not, we certainly can make the choice that we will reclaim it. That for our own lives and And our households, we will reclaim Christmas. And I want us this season to do that. I want us to determine personally and collectively as families and as a church that we want to reclaim Christmas by refocusing on Advent. I really do believe that bringing back that term, that understanding of Advent could go a long way to reclaiming Christmas. I don't think the world really is much interested in Advent and what it's about. Now, to help us do that in this Advent season, a few things that we're going to do, one we'll do this morning, but also want you to know for Today and the next 26 days on our website, there is a a way that you personally and collectively as a family can reclaim Christmas because we have some special writings on a blog type page about Christmas ABC, the ABCs of Christmas. I encourage you to use that. Some incredible thoughts that have been created and shared there about reclaiming Christmas. So I encourage you to start doing that today and for the next 26 days, make that a part of your time of devotion during Advent. Let's think about Advent. First of all, just a little bit of background. It's not familiar to uh, maybe uh, 
Some of us, maybe most of us, but a number of us have been familiar with the Advent season. The word Advent really has the idea of coming, to come is the, the Latin idea, but it's the idea of also waiting for someone to come. So the idea is Advent is a season of recognizing waiting with what is to come, who is to come. Now the history of Advent is very ancient. It's changed a little bit over the centuries, but the first historical reference to what could be considered Advent was in the fourth and fifth century in Spain and also the area we now know as France. It was a Roman province of Gaul at that time where new Christians would prepare for their baptism at the celebration of what was known as Epiphany, which means appearing, and it referred to the baptism of Jesus, how he appeared, made himself known in his earthly ministry as he was baptized by John the Baptist. And so for many days before their baptism, people would prepare themselves for this event. In the 6th century is the first time we find that Christians were celebrating what was called Advent. But very interesting, for the first many centuries, maybe almost a thousand years, the celebration of Advent was not focused on the birth of Christ, it was focused on the second coming of Christ. The, the Advent, the coming of our Lord in glory. And so throughout the Middle Ages into the early Renaissance era, the fo era, the focus was on the second coming of the Lord. But then for the last several hundred years, Christians around the world have used this season before Christmas to think of Advent, the coming of the Lord, but also the Advent of the coming of the Lord again as he comes to rule the earth. Now candles are lighted every Sunday in Advent and many people do this in their homes. I encourage you to do that as well. And the candles were lighted to remind believers that though we do live in a world of darkness, we're not without light. I was just shared earlier, the light is Christ in us, right? And so even though we're in a dark world, there is light and the candles represent the light and that light is the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And so this season, I hope that we can really intentionally focus with a spirit of the Lord's help to reclaim Christmas as we focus on the light, the light of Christ, his advent, the light of his first coming and the brightness of the light of his second coming. He is the light, right? Now this morning, I want us to think about reclaiming Christmas as we light a candle to think about Jesus as the light of hope. He is the light 
the light of hope. And this morning, we read a text which I think give us some examples on how we can reclaim Christmas in our own hearts as we think about the light of hope that is in Jesus. Now this morning as we read in Luke chapter two, you'll see that there was a man who was worshiping in hope. And that's the first thing about reclaiming Christmas, worshiping in hope. In verse 25, you'll notice in Luke two, we're introduced to a man by the name of Simeon. Simeon, we are told, was a righteous and devout man. You'll notice in verse 25, righteous talks about his faith. He trusted God. Devout talks about his devotion. He loved God. So he was a man of faith and a man of devotion. And he's also described as a man who was waiting. You notice that? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. What is the consolation of Israel? What does that refer to? Well, it refers to a prophecy that was made. The comforting of Israel. God said in, through Isaiah, in Isaiah 40, be comforted, be comforted, my people, because I will make wars to cease. The comfort, the consolation of Israel was a prophecy, but they also knew that the consolation of Israel was not just a prophecy about peace, it was about a person. There was someone who was coming who would bring peace, the Prince of Peace, the Messiah. And so Simeon was a man who was waiting. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until with his own eyes he had seen the Lord's Christ, the consolation of Israel. And from that moment when the Spirit told him that he would not die until he saw the Christ, I want to tell you, Simeon became a world-class waiter. (laughs) This man knew how to wait. And how did he wait? Did he just wait twiddling his thumbs? Did he wait, strumming his fingers? No, he waited in worship. He was worshiping in hope. He was worshiping in hope. Now, notice, he wasn't worshiping and wishing. (laughs) Wishing is not hope. To hope, according to the Bible, doesn't mean to wish something were true. It is to know something is true by the word of God. It is to take into your heart that which you know is true based on God's character and his word. And you are filled with assurance. That's what hope is. Hope isn't trying to make something up. Hope is taking hold on that which is absolutely certain, the promises of God from the Lord who cannot lie. And so Simeon was waiting, worshiping. Now, how long? How long did he wait? We don't know. But we know how he waited. He waited in worship, which could bring me to a thought to ask us this morning. Some of you are in a 
season of waiting in your life. I'd like to ask you, how are you waiting? The Lord has given you assurance from his word. The Lord has given you confidence by his spirit, but you don't see it happening. It's not taking place and you're waiting. But I would ask you, how are you waiting? Because you see, you can wait in a human way, which only makes us impatient, only makes us nervous, only makes us irritable. But when you wait in worship, God's doing a work in you while you don't see the work yet happening outside of you. How are you waiting? Advent faith is waiting and worshiping. That's Advent faith. Waiting and worshiping, focusing on the word of God. Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting to see the child. And he was worshiping. And all of it was based on the word of God. David said in Psalm 130 verse 5, David said, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. Isn't that great? I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. That's worship. And I wait with my hope in his word. We can reclaim Christmas. You can reclaim Christmas by worshiping in hope. Take some time to get your Bible, to get alone, and get quiet before God and worship. We can reclaim Christmas. You can reclaim any season in your life by worshiping in hope. Now, another way to reclaim Christmas that I see in this passage, and Simeon here shows us the way, he lights the way for us, is to also celebrate our hope. To celebrate our hope. And to me, this is one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible. It's just so touching. Verse 27 through verse 32, we'll, we'll not read it all, but it tells us that finally... The Spirit revealed to Simeon that the couple approaching him were carrying the baby, the Christ. Can you even visualize this? And this man came and he took the baby in his arms. And as he takes the baby in his arms, the baby Jesus, he looks down at the baby Jesus and then he looks up and he's, he has such joy in his heart, he has to sing. He has to sing. He begins singing in praise and worship to God that he has seen the Lord's salvation. He has seen the consolation of Israel. He's holding in his arms. Can you see this old man? He's holding in his arms his hope. 
He's holding in his arms the hope of Israel. He's holding in his arms the hope of the world. And he just breaks out singing. Song is called, in Latin, it's called Nunc Dimittis. Nunc Dimittis, it means now departing, or the idea, now Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace. I have seen your Christ. Simeon didn't understand all the details of God's plan of salvation. He didn't understand who did. He didn't understand all of God's plan of salvation, but this he did understand that the child he was holding in his arms was God's salvation. He understood that. My friends, can I tell you something this morning? Learn from Simeon. You really will never have hope in your life. You will really never have hope until you wrap your arms around Jesus. You never will have hope unless by faith you wrap your arms around Jesus. You can wrap your arms around a church and you'll find no hope. You can wrap your arms around the Ten Commandments and I guarantee you, you'll find no hope in those. You can wrap your arms around whatever the world may offer, but the only thing that will give you peace and real comfort and assurance is when your arms by faith have wrapped around the Lord Jesus Christ and you're clinging to him. Friends, do that this Christmas. In the midst of the craziness, in the midst of the materialistic madness, wrap your arms around Jesus. That's where hope comes from. And friends, that's where the celebration comes from. The celebration isn't under the tree. Celebration's not in the presence. The celebration is in Christ. Wrap your arms around him. When you have Jesus in your heart, you have light, you have hope. A hope worth celebrating. And then you know what else? You have a hope worth sharing. A hope worth sharing. And our text here, we've read this morning, tells us about another person. Many people would have looked at her life and they would have thought she was hopeless. What a hopeless life. But she was not hopeless. She was filled with hope. And she shows us an example about reclaiming Christmas. How can you make Christmas real? How can this season be fresh and new? Well, it, it comes by celebrating the hope we have in Christ. And then we're sharing that hope. We're sharing that hope we have in Christ. We, we read about this lady just in three verses. Look at verse 36. There was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years 
And from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and praying night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Her name is Anna. She's 84 years old. Anna is the Hebrew name, Hannah. They mean the same. They mean grace. It means grace. Her name means grace, and she's well-named because she has known the grace of the Lord. She's of the tribe of Asher. Interesting, the tribe of Asher was supposed to be one of the lost tribes of Israel. Nobody knew where they were. God knew. God knew where this one was. And she had been a widow for 60 plus years. She experienced tragedy and grief, but she was not bitter. She was not angry. She was full of hope because she was a worshiper. She was a worshiper of God. And you cannot be a worshiper and be bitter. Try it. You cannot be a worshiper and be a person filled with pessimism and unbelief. It cannot be because the God you worship will wash that out of your heart. She'd been waiting and she had been worshiping. And just by coincidence, she happens to come up this moment. Don't you love the way coincidences just seem to happen when God's at work? Just a coincidence. She walks up at that very moment. She hears Simeon. She hears his song. She comes running over as fast as her 84-year little legs. It may have taken her a while to get across the court, but she's coming. And she joined in the celebration. It says she began to give thanks. So now you've got a duet of praise in the temple. I like to think of this, that Anna was the first to celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because <laughs> she was giving thanks and she was celebrating the birth of Christ. And both Thanksgiving and Christmas need to be reclaimed. And they are reclaimed when Jesus is proclaimed. She began to proclaim this, right? Do you see it? She began to proclaim. You know, there's a sad thing right now. How many people will not or they're told to not say Merry Christmas? Isn't that a sad thing? That is just, it's really tragic that people will not say or are told not to say Merry Christmas. But can I tell you something that's sadder yet? What is sadder than people who will not say Merry Christmas is people who know Christ and will not speak of him. Why do we get angry at people who won't say Merry Christmas when 365 days a year, we don't speak of him. You want to reclaim Christmas? Then you better get in on the song. You want Christmas in your heart? Then start 
talking about Jesus. Listen, the angels couldn't keep silent, right? In Bethlehem. The shepherds couldn't keep silent. Simeon couldn't keep silent. Anna couldn't keep silent. Why should we? The world's not ashamed to speak of its darkness and sin. Shall we be ashamed to speak of the name above every name? Reclaim Christmas by sharing your hope. And then the last thing I just want you to see is we are about to come to communion. To recognize that Advent is about waiting. Advent is about waiting in hope. But also Advent is about waiting in anticipation. Anticipation. Hope is sort of describes a, a sense that's deep within your heart, steadfast and sure. But anticipation is that tippy toe kind of sense. Looking forward like a child cannot wait until December the 25th or Christmas Eve, however it's celebrated in your home. And anticipation. We reclaim Christmas by waiting and in anticipation. Advent is about anticipation. It's about anticipating the greatest reclaiming of all. What's the greatest reclaiming of all? The, re the greatest reclaiming of all is not reclaiming Christmas. The greatest reclaiming of all is the reclaiming of redemption. It's the Lord who reclaims us, right? It's the Lord Jesus who redeems us from our sins. You shall call his name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. He's a redeemer. And so the anticipation is about redemption. And you may say, well, Sam, listen, I am a Christian. I have trusted Christ. I am redeemed. I have been redeemed. And the answer is yes, thank God. But also the answer is not yet. You see, to live as a Christian is already and not yet. I already have been redeemed, but I'm going to be fully redeemed. There is a reclaiming that is coming, and that reclaiming is coming in Christ, who is coming to claim his own. He will speak the word, and his people will rise to meet him. The dead First, then we who are alive and remain shall be snatched up. The Latin word is rapture. We will be raptured, caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And we don't know exactly when he's coming. We don't know exactly how he's coming. We don't even know exactly about how he comes in his body. But the Bible says this, when he does come, we will see him as he is 
for we shall be like him. Wow. You see, to be redeemed means that yes, you've been redeemed from the penalty of your sins. To be redeemed means yes, you've been redeemed from the power of sin. But to be redeemed is to mean you are waiting when you will be redeemed from the very presence of sin. This old body will be gone. This old brain renewed. And not just us, but the whole world will be redeemed. The Lord is going to bring a brand new world in which there will be no more curse. Nothing that will hurt, nothing that will destroy in his kingdom. And there will be a righteousness and peace and sin will be no more. And it will be fulfilled Joy to the world. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. As far as the curse is found. Now that is something to anticipate, right? I'm looking for the new world over. The world made over. Jesus is coming again and he will rule and reign forever. And those who look to him, trusting him for salvation, will rule and reign with him forever and ever and ever. Now, that is something to anticipate in the Christmas season, right? The Redeemer has come. And by his precious blood on the cross, his death for my sins and yours, by his burial and his resurrection and victory over sin and the grave and Satan, he has redeemed us from the penalty of our sin. And one day he's coming to redeem us from the very presence of sin. Today, we do live in a world that is dark and ever darkening. The world is not getting brighter and brighter. The world is becoming more and more and more dark. And the Bible told us it would be so, right? But the Bible said this as well, as well. That the living word of God, God himself came as a light in this world. And the Bible says the light has shone in the darkness and is still shining. And the darkness has not overcome it, nor never will.
right? The light will always be shining. 